Welcome back to J. Tom Lawler Rink in North End over Massachusetts, campus of Merrimack College, where Merrimack leads UMass by the score of 2-1 to one at the end of the second period of play. This is Mike Mackin alongside John Leahy. Joining us here in the second intermission, Mike McMahon from, from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, uh, NeutralZone.net, uh, College Hockey Insider. Uh, what am I missing? Uh, I think I think you're talking about. <laughs> All right, well, that second period of play, you know, we've talked a lot this season about the fact that for whatever reason, uh, second periods have been tough for Merrimack. Uh, third periods, on the other hand, have by far been their best. Well, second period, of course, they had to get the late goal to do this, but one-to-one is almost winning a period yeah. with the way that they've tended to lose second periods and not only just losing it by a goal, a lot of times uh, by two or three, but they get out of that period in the same position they were in at the end of the first period, leading by one. They also outshoot UMass. This is right, 13-4 to four in that period. Uh, you talked before the game, or at least you had on your uh, your preview, talking about even strength, that that was an area where Merrimack had to really, really play well and establish some sort of uh, you know edge over UMass. Well, they've outscored them 2 to nothing in even strength tonight. It's big, yeah. I mean, they're, they're so good on special teams. Power play that's clicking at over 20%. A penalty kill that's been really good as well. I mean, you just look at the numbers. I think uh, Matt Murray's save percentage 5-on-5 five five is 934 coming into tonight. Uh, and it was like 886 or something like that on the penalty kill. So, big difference there. I mean, you look at those numbers and you say, okay, that, that's an area where you need to find a way to attack. This 5-on-5, five five, this team does not give up much 5-on-5. Five five. They haven't all year. Merrimack's found a way to put in two tonight at even strength, which is really what they needed to do. This has been a battle. Uh, it feels like you know we're right back in October, the two games between these two teams then, where there was a real battle from start to finish, you know, real physical, not not dirty, just real hard-nosed hockey uh, being played by both teams. And uh, that was one of the questions I think we had coming into this one. Was, we know that UMass has been pretty consistent this year in being able to play that way. Merrimack hasn't had to at times, but also that's not really been. I know it's uh, a lot of times that's what folks have fought. It's been there. You know their style, but it really hasn't been the case. I think they had to do it. They've had to do it so far tonight, and I would say at least through two periods of play, it's it's been pretty even. They've been toe to toe with with a pretty good UMass club. Yeah, I mean, I think this UMass team is the best team in the league. Uh, is you look at where they are? They're the highest ranked team in hockey, so the pairwise number ten coming in tonight without five of their top nine forwards for a big chunk of those games. Not, not for all of them, but for a big chunk of those games without some key guys. Yeah, they got a number of them back tonight, but they still don't have everybody, including their best. One in Josh Lapina. Yeah, and I mean, they're still missing several key guys. They got a few back tonight, which is definitely a big help. Uh, they still have a defenseman playing forward because of the fact that they're, they're down a couple of forwards. This is a team that I think when you get in the second half, uh, could start to separate themselves from the rest of the Garrett Wade, either. Garrett Wade's a big piece of what this team does. Yeah, that's what I, I mean. This is a team that's going to separate themselves in the second half, I think. I think they're the best team in the league. Uh, and, and there's a couple that are close. You know, Providence is pretty close, uh, but I think UMass is the best team in hockey so far this year, and they've been without several key, key guys, so what, what do you think it's going to look like when, those, when they get those guys back, especially if Murray keeps playing the way he's playing? Now, this is a game tonight for both teams. They're not going to play another Hockey East game for about, almost a month and a half. Last chance to get points in the league. Uh, UMass is eyeing first place there, a chance to overtake Northeastern, of course, depends on what UMass Lowell does as well this yeah. weekend in their final game, but Merrimack with a chance to cement the position, I would say, you know, as middle of the pack there, right there heading into the second half of the season if they're able to pull this one off. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of, I always like looking at things in tiers, and I, I think the top tier is UMass, UMass Lowell, Northeastern, uh, and probably Providence. Providence is kind of teetering up and down. They, BC too. Uh, well, BC's got to put some consistency together. I mean, they've been so hot and cold that you know you don't know what you're gonna get from them night to night. 
Uh, I know Providence just lost two to Northeastern over the weekend. They had won six in a row coming into that. So, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, they've been playing poorly. They had one rough weekend against probably the best goalie in the country, <laughs> uh, if, if you look at it, Devin Levi. So, I think that's the top tier for sure. Uh, it's, it's been impressive, though, to watch what UMass has been able to do to, to not only be in that top tier, but, but still kind of lead it, despite the guys that they've been missing, which is why I think when we get in the second half, uh, this could be a, a really dangerous team. And if you're Merrimack, you got to be looking at this as an opportunity to get points against probably the best team in the league, a team that in the second half not many other teams that, that Merrimack is going to be competing with for playoff positioning is going to get is going to get points against UMass. So this is a good opportunity for them. Yeah, all right, let's talk about recruiting. Uh, Scott Bork, uh, in his uh, podcast with you recently, uh, he was able to, to uh, mention four players that he's been able to sign to national letters of intent. Uh, let's talk about those four guys. A couple of, uh, if I'm right, a couple of defensemen, a couple of forwards. Um, we know a couple of right shot guys, a couple of left shot guys, and so on. Uh, you know, got some Americans, some Canadians, uh, USHL, uh, BCHL, uh, AJHL, Alberta League. I think you know all over the place there. Uh, tell us about these guys. I mean, the one that stands out is Zach Bookman, a defenseman uh, playing in Alberta. He's actually from New York, but uh, playing for a loaded Brooks Bandits team. They're the number one team in Junior A in Canada by by a pretty wide margin. I think they've only lost one game all year. Uh, he's putting up just video game like numbers. As a, he's like two points a game as a defenseman, right? Yeah. He's got, I think he's got sixty and thirty one games. Yeah, he, I think he's over it now. I think he's got like sixty three and thirty one games uh, as a defenseman. He's a number three scorer in the league. He's a top, top scoring defenseman by twenty points. Uh, so he's a guy that certainly stands out. Okay. So the first question is loaded team. Right. So that's the first question. Is that going to translate over into college hockey once he gets here? I, I think he's going to be a guy that can help on the power play right away for sure. Uh, you know. I, as, as much as it, it's been boosted by the fact that he plays in the best team in Canada with a bunch of other guys that are going to go D1, uh, you know, they're not all by, not all 63 points are by accident, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, even if he had scored 40 to this point, you would go, wow, that's a pretty good year, you know, for a defenseman in that number of games. So uh, I, I think it will translate, certainly on the power play. Uh, he'll be a guy that I think will help there, you know, almost right away. All right, so he's one of the players. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Luke Weiland, I know, signed from the USHL. He committed a couple years ago. I've uh, been battling some injuries, but uh, a guy that hasn't really put up points, but I know projects really well. Uh, doing some work at neutral zone. I know the guys there like him a lot. They had him at one point rated as a four-star recruit. Now he's he's down to a three-seven-five. A lot of that has to do with the fact that he's missed uh, several games over the last couple of years because he's been hurt. Uh, but he got traded to Green Bay this year. I think he's back in the lineup now and healthy again. So a guy that is probably trying to just get his get his timing back. I mean, he didn't play a lot last year at all between COVID and being hurt. So uh, this will be a big second half for him to kind of get ready to come in and play college hockey next year. Uh, the other forward, I think, is Corey Cunningham out of the BCA. Uh, who started a little slow this year in terms of numbers, but has put up a lot of numbers uh, lately. I think he's over a point per game in his last five or six games. So uh, he'll be another guy that I think will be able to come in and, and carve out a role for himself. It's going to be interesting, though, because you, you, you look, I mean, this is going to be a team that doesn't lose a lot of guys. I mean, you're going to lose Steven Jandrick, Jake Durflinger, Max Newton. You might lose some of your seniors. You don't know, I mean, because they got a fifth year of eligibility, so you don't know if you're going to lose them or not. But uh, you're definitely going to lose those grad students. Uh, but I think... Those guys coming in, they all kind of look at as being able to fill out a role right away, combined with the fact that uh, this roster, as it's currently constituted, doesn't really lose a lot. Uh, is, is 
you've got to be excited for the future. Well, and then you got the guys coming in on defense, and you already got some guys sitting out or hurt, you know, in the case of Felton, and you know when he becomes healthy again, he's going to be back in there, but some guys who are, who are not going to be playing, who are already pretty good players, uh, you know, is, is there the possibility then that we might see, you know, a Ewens who's been drafted, you know, or Carlisle who's very highly regarded, you know, potentially, you know, making some offers that they can't refuse? I mean, if you do, you, you, you've insured yourself, you know, by that. And then there's also, you never know what's going to happen with transfers nowadays. I mean, you could, you could end up picking up a guy in the transfer portal. You could lose a guy in the transfer portal. You just don't know. You just don't know. So I think you got to be ready for uh, for anything that might come your way. And, and some of those guys have junior eligibility left. If, if you needed to send them back, not all of them do. Some of them you have to take in because it's, they, their junior eligibility is up. Uh, but it's going to be it's going to be a balancing act for not only Merrimack but for every team in the country in the next couple of years with that fifth year senior. Uh, because guys being able to use a fifth year, you're going to see a lot of recruits get pushed off. I know Greg Carville at UMass has said it a couple of times now that uh, they've pretty much decided as a staff, you know, with, with a couple of exceptions, uh, if you've played four years, you know, they're going to probably move on from you because they've made commitments to recruits that they have to bring in. Uh, it's, and, and you saw it this year. I mean, Laganov ended up at UVM. They, they lost several guys to transfers and uh, I think it was I, I think that's a play that, that some teams are going to have to do. You're going to have to bring in your recruits at some point or else you're going to lose some of them. You can't push everybody off forever in this next four year cycle while guys are able to use that fifth year. So it'll be a balancing act for some teams to figure out how they're going to be able to bring in the guys they've recruited because some of these guys you committed two or three years ago before COVID without teams and coaches realizing that you have guys that could stick around for five years. It's, it's going to be a balancing act over the next several years. Alright so Merrimack has, uh, this is the last Hockey East game before the break. On Sunday, uh, they will host the U.S. Under-18 team, the National Development Program, uh, in an exhibition game. Uh, give us a quick preview of that game. Who, what can we expect on Sunday? Really skilled team. I mean, as you would expect, right? I mean, all these guys are going to Michigan, Minnesota, North Dakota, top teams, Boston College, BU, top teams in the country is where those guys generally go. A couple of uncommitted guys still on that roster for next year. Uh, they could also go major junior, can end up in the OHL or something like that, but really, really skilled team. Uh, they're, they've beaten several Division One teams this year. I think, in fact, I think they have a winning record. I think they're 4-3 against D1 teams in exhibitions this year. So, uh, a team that will be a, a test for sure. How will Merrimack play it? Uh, I don't know. I, I know Scott Bork a couple of weeks ago when we asked him about it, it said, you know, it'll be a chance to get some guys in the lineup that probably haven't played in a while. So, I, I think if you're them, you want to play it as an exhibition, right? I mean, if you lose the game, you don't want to lose the game, but if you lose it, you lose it. Uh, this could be an opportunity to get guys that, that maybe haven't been in the lineup for a little bit, some game that's how I think they'll play. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. Great to talk to you as always. Uh, hopefully we'll talk again this weekend uh, with uh, the development team coming in or the weekend after that. Uh, folks, check out his work, the Eagle Tribune. I forgot to mention that. Uh, Eagle Tribune, College Hockey News. I did, probably didn't mention them either, but I should have. I'm going to get killed for that. Neutralzone.net. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, TheMacReport.com. Uh, just Google Mike McMahon and you'll, you know, you'll find his name everywhere. So thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, thanks. All right, that's score at the end of two periods of play. Merrimack 2, UMass 1. Back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.